Welcome to Irvine, California, where it's easy to play like pros. At the heart of Irvine's competitive culture is Great Park, the region's premier 194-acre multi-sport complex, equipped for youth teams to Olympians and everything in between. Plus, Great Park's expansion is underway. With near-perfect weather and a thriving sports scene, Irvine is the place to play. Visit DestinationIrvine.com for more information. Well, it'll be fun leading a conversation on stage in Los Angeles on Monday morning with the great Will Farrell. He'll discuss his love of soccer and his investment in MLS's LAFC. Now, I do a number of these type of onstage interviews, but this one has me a bit more anxious and excited than usual. So if you have any favorite Will Ferrell stories or tips for me, please let me know. And this is your Morning Buzzcast for Thursday, February 23rd. Good morning. I'm Abe Madcore. Thanks for listening to the Buzzcast. First, let's touch on the ratings from the big President's Day sports weekend. And I'm sure both NASCAR and the NBA were hoping for a bit more. The Daytona 500 was the most watched sports program over the weekend, drawing 8.2 million viewers on Fox on Sunday. That's according to our Austin Carp. But the number was down 8% from last year. Meanwhile, the NBA All-Star Game drew 4.6 million viewers on Sunday on TBS and TNT, and that number is down 23% from the All-Star Game's previous low in 2021. So this marks the least-watched All-Star Game on record and will probably lead to more changes to the game presentation in the future. But the All-Star Game was the highest-rated cable program on Sunday night among all viewers, and the best for any program on Sunday evening among viewers under the age of 50. So again, both NASCAR and the NBA seeing some numbers that they probably wish were a bit higher, but they'll build on them as their seasons continue. Yesterday, during a panel discussion on the state of sports right here in Charlotte, the topic of the growth in women's sports was brought up time and again. And here's one concept I hope we will see more of. Combined events. I know they can be controversial and they can be problematic, but in this day and age of innovation in sports, it has to be examined. That's why I liked how the PGA Tour and the LPGA Tour players will compete for a $4 million purse on network television as the tournament, long known as the Shark Shootout, becomes a mixed team event this year with 16 teams. The event will also have a new title sponsor in the accounting firm of Grant Thornton. So the mixed team event could be something fun and different. And as all sports try to reach new audiences, experiments like this can really be helpful. It's an interesting step forward for golf. I think it can be really especially beneficial for women's golf and the LPGA because they don't always get such wide exposure. This will be seen on NBC and the Golf Channel. That'll be the Grant Thornton Invitational December 8th through 10th 
in Naples, Florida, and a mixed event that I hope we will see more of. You know, a couple of seasons start this weekend. The second season of the Live Golf Tour starts Friday in Mexico, and Live Golf opens its season by signing its first global sponsor. This one was shipping company Easy Post. Live Golf went all of last year without any official global sponsors, so this marks a major step forward for the tour. Easy Post will become the official shipping solutions partner of Live. Uh, terms of the deal were not available, but Live player Patrick Reed is already an ambassador for Easy Post, and Easy Post will be integrated into broadcast on the CW as well as on its social assets, and there'll be on course signage. So we will see. If this deal opens the way for other brands who may have been cautious about investing in Live Golf to give this golf series another look. Another league starting this season, MLS, is back this weekend as it kicks off its season, a season that really will be quite historic as it goes with Apple for a vast majority of its media package. The league also shifted its schedule so that the majority of games this season will be played on Saturdays and select Wednesday nights with 7.30 local start times. I love the consistency in the scheduling. Meanwhile, the league is bringing in a new team, St. Louis SC, which I believe will do very well on the business side. St. Louis is a strong market for soccer. Meanwhile, Commissioner Don Garber said a 30th MLS team will hopefully be announced by the end of this year. Garber said the most likely cities for an MLS expansion team are Las Vegas and San Diego. We've known that for some time. We've talked about it on the Buzzcast. And while Las Vegas was the early favorite to land the 30th slot, its prospects have slowed because of stadium issues, stadium cost. They have to build a new soccer-specific stadium in Las Vegas, and that has certainly slowed down the efforts of expansion in that market. Meanwhile, San Diego has a facility in Snapdragon Stadium, and I will say its chances for landing that expansion slot have certainly increased, and I could argue they may be in the lead right now. With St. Louis City SC starting this season, 2023 will mark the seventh straight year the league has expanded adding nine new teams since 2019 and don garber said that mls may not be done he acknowledged that the league is open to the possibility of expanding past 30 teams in the future that's surprising to me because many people thought 30 would be the number where mls would settle for some time but garber's hinting that there could be more expansion in the future. Meanwhile, MLS and Adidas agreed to a multi-year extension of their partnership, which represents Adidas' largest ever investment in North American soccer. This is a deal that is big for both sides. It's a deal that is valued at more than $800 million. Adidas supplies MLS with apparel, footwear, training gear, and the official ball. It's easily one of MLS's biggest corporate partners. The current deal was signed in 2017, and at that time, was valued at $700 million. It was set to expire in 2024, and this hasn't been 
the best year financially or performance-wise for Adidas. So for them to continue to step up and support MLS is big. And for the league to keep hold of one of its biggest and most important partners is incredibly important because this deal impacts every area and every level of MLS. It impacts every team, their youth clubs, and it impacts MLS's new Next Pro League, which is their minor league uh, program. But a very big deal, a very big extension between MLS and Adidas. I want to shift to baseball because there's some tension brewing in baseball among team owners. You see some owners criticize Steve Cohen and the Mets for their aggressive spending. And you've seen some owners even take on Padres owner Peter Seidler, who is one of the most well-respected owners, for how he has invested in the team's payroll. Remember, only the Mets and the Yankees have a higher payroll than the San Diego Padres. It's hard to believe. It's clearly a story to watch, and even MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred recently questioned the long-term sustainability of Peter Seidler's spending. But Seidler, in his respectful way, has pushed back. He believes that putting a winning team on the field year after year should be sustainable, and he reminds people that his focus is on winning and winning a World Series. But he's also seen the local fans in San Diego respond to his investment in payroll as the Padres are bringing in enough money that they will, for the first time, they will pay into MLB's revenue sharing pool rather than receive revenue. That's a major, major step forward for the Padres. And on the business side, they have cap season tickets at around 24000 They've already sold out 44 of their home games, and they project a team record attendance of more than 3 million fans for this season. So Peter Seidler believes if they win, those numbers and that support will be sustainable. And so this is one of the more interesting stories in baseball, what is taking place in San Diego. And I want to end on programming and documentaries Netflix keeps diving into sports, but they don't dive into live rights. They dive into more storytelling. The latest Netflix sports documentary series will focus on three NFL quarterbacks. The show will be called Quarterback. It will follow Patrick Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, and Marcus Mariota through this last season that ended, of course, with Mahomes winning the Super Bowl. It will debut this summer on Netflix, NFL Films, Omaha Productions, Patrick Mahomes' 2PM Productions, and Netflix will produce the series. It's really rare to get this type of access to quarterbacks during the season. Peyton Manning was reportedly very instrumental in convincing the quarterbacks to participate in the show, and he brought to bear his Omaha Productions. The series follows the three quarterbacks on and off the field throughout the season, and the QBs were mic'd up in every game, so this should be good. Now, these quarterbacks will be featured only for this season, but the show producers do hope to have new quarterbacks participate in future seasons. Listen, Netflix has had a nice run here with Drive to Survive, Breakpoint, and Full Swing, and now this marks its first project with the NFL. But it's not just the Netflix documentary worth noting. There are some other productions of note. Venus and Serena Williams will be the executive producers on an upcoming documentary called Copa 71. 
That will document the 1971 Women's World Cup tournament in Mexico. And as a tennis guy, I'll be watching this one as the life of tennis player Boris Becker will be the subject of a new two-part documentary on Apple. It's titled Boom Boom, The World Versus Boris Becker. It's directed by Alex Gibney, and you will see both the highs of Boris Becker's success on the court, but then his off-the-court legal and personal issues. Now, Alex Gibney, the director, he is a very, very well-regarded documentarian. He did the Lance Armstrong doc, The Armstrong Lie, in 2013. Now he's looking at the life and times of Boris Becker. So some interesting documentaries on the way coming up for all sports fans. And that is your Morning Buzzcast for Thursday, February 23rd. I'm Abe Madcor. Thanks for listening to the Buzzcast. Thanks for spreading the word on the Buzzcast. Stay healthy. Be good to each other. I'll speak to you tomorrow. Welcome to Irvine, California, where it's easy to play like pros. At the heart of Irvine's competitive culture is Great Park, the region's premier 194-acre multi-sport complex, equipped for youth teams to Olympians and everything in between. Plus, Great Park's expansion is underway. With near-perfect weather and a thriving sports scene, Irvine is the place to play. Visit DestinationIrvine.com for more information.